All right. So here we are. We are in the book of Jeremiah. There is so much here. I cannot wait to share it with you all. The Lord has just been downloading so much information, so much revelation. Some some things I'm like, I didn't even see um, or notice this. But I am truly excited. I am truly I, I just can't wait um, to share this word with you. Um, like always, I'm going to try to share um, a little bit about um, the background of Isaiah. Um, and also just share like just so much revelation and information concerning this. Um, so... Let's just pray right now, and then we'll hop into this word. Amen. So let us pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, right now I come before you. I give you the highest praise, which is hallelujah. And I pray, Lord, that you will allow me to decrease so that you may increase. Anoint my lips of clay that I may be an oracle of God. Let nothing I say be of earthly wisdom, be of everything of heaven and the spirit. I pray right now, Lord, Holy Spirit, my friend, that you will be loosed upon the people right now, that you will touch their hearts and minds to believe and receive the word of the Lord today. I pray, Lord, that um, that you will remove um, all the stones and all the thorns from their hearts, let their hearts be good ground, and let this word fall on good soil so that it may produce much fruit in their lives so that they will lack nothing in their destiny. I pray right now, Lord, that you will just continue to have your way. I decree and declare right now in the name of Yeshua that the kingdom of God is here, that the kingdom of God is at hand. And I say, Lord, just have your way. Say whatever it is that you want to say. And I pray, Lord, right now, in the name of Yeshua, let the words be fire and the people would and let them be consumed by it right now. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for your promise. Thank you for your provision. It's in Yeshua's mighty name I do pray. Well, in the presence of the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, Baruch Atah Adonai HaEl HaKadosh. And my prayer partners in agreement said with me, amen, amen, and amen. All right. So we're here in Jeremiah. Now, me, I love the book of Jeremiah because there's so much in here, especially because this is one of my favorite uh, books of the prophets. You know, well, honestly, all of them are because I love, um, you know, just all of them. Uh, but Jeremiah, it it's so unique. And when you really understand, like, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, which is the major prophets, or part of the major prophets, like, they just go through so much. But you see their dedication not only to God, but to their nation. You see how they are determined to get the word of the Lord out. They are determined to share um, what it is that the Lord is showing them, what the Lord is speaking with them about. So let me tell you first, okay? So Jeremiah, the name Jeremiah means whom Jehovah has anointed, okay? Whom Jehovah has anointed. That's what Jeremiah means. So if you know someone named Jeremiah, tell them like, Jehovah has anointed them. 
Amen. Because that's literally what their name means. Now, there is so much here. Now, a lot of times when we read Jeremiah, some people, if you know anything of Jeremiah, he's known as the weeping prophet. You know, and if you read Jeremiah's story, you will see why he is known as the weeping prophet. You know, and there's some things you have to understand about Jeremiah. Jeremiah is not in chronological order when you read it. Okay? So it's a little bit different. It's not in chronological order. It's in... It, it it's based off of topics more than um um anything and someone wants me to repeat his name his name means whom Jehovah has anointed that's what Jehovah means i mean that's what Jeremiah means whom Jehovah has anointed and again it's not in chronological order it's more about subjects in this book okay so if you're reading certain things and it's like wait a minute this seems confusing because you're so used to reading things in chronolo- chronological order. Well, that's why. It's based off a of subject. So from chapters 1 to 45, it's God's dealing with his people. Okay? Chapters 1 through 45 is about um, God dealing with his people. In 46 to 51... It's God dealing with the foreign nations. Okay. 46 to 51. God deals with the foreign nations. And 52 is the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple. Okay. So that's why it it, it could be confusing. But I want to talk to y'all real quick. Because there's something people have to understand. When you read the book of Jeremiah, even though I know it is complicated and I know it's difficult, but I want you to not see Jeremiah as the main character of the book of Jeremiah. Okay? Remember, the main character in every book of the Bible is Yeshua, is Jesus. He is the main character in every book of the Bible. And Jeremiah is actually going to show some of the things that the Messiah will go through. So Jeremiah is kind of representing Christ in this instant. Okay? So I want you to understand that. And I know some of, like, really, he's like, he's representing Christ? How is Jeremiah representing Christ? Because... Jeremiah goes through unbelievable persecution by the religious leaders. He's accused of political treason and is sentenced to death. He's jailed and is sentenced to death. Who does that sound like to us? It sounds just like Yeshua. Yeshua will... What happened? He... When he's crucified, it's that's a traitor's death. That's a treason. You're, you're accused of high treason if you're crucified, or it's a political death. So here it is. Jeremiah is go, is going through exactly what Yeshua will go through later. 
He's going to be persecuted. He's going to be, um, he's going to be persecuted. He's going to be accused of high treason. No one's going to listen to him. His people is not going to receive him. Talking about the Israelites. He was sent to the Israelites, but the Israelites will not receive him. So when the Israelites have their punishments or their dealings, Jeremiah will not suffer the same fate. But then there's something I want you to see as well. So let's go to Jeremiah chapter one. I know I'm sharing a lot, but I just had to give you a little background so that you understand when we read that we are exhibiting who Jeremiah really is and why you why the Lord um, emphasizes a lot about Jeremiah or what the Lord says about Jeremiah. Are you there? Jeremiah chapter one, verse one. We're going to start there. And it reads. <clears throat> the words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priests that were in Ananoth, in the land of Benjamin. So, okay, so he's from the tribe of Benjamin. So you have to understand, if he's from the tribe of Benjamin, there's there's certain characteristics or there's certain things that he's supposed to have or certain things that he's supposed to do. So let's just keep that in mind. Moving on. To whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Amon, king of Judah, in the 13th year of his reign. So who is the word of the Lord? That's Yeshua. That's Jesus. So it's literally, so the word of the Lord came in the day. So it's saying that basically that Yeshua came as the representative of God before the New Testament, before he's born in the womb. Okay. So everyone with me. Good. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the end of the 11th year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the carrying away of Jerusalem captive in the fifth month. Now, why is that significant? So it's saying that the word of the Lord, Yeshua, came in the days of Josiah. Wait a minute. What's so, what's so important about Josiah? Josiah was the king who turned the nation back to God. Josiah was the one who looked in the scriptures and realized, wait a minute, we're not doing all the stuff that we're supposed to do. We're doing everything wrong. So we need to go back to what God originally said do, and the nation became saved and prosperous. But what happened was the people got hard-headed again, decided not to listen. And so then what happened was God said, okay, I sent you the word. You didn't listen. So now in the fifth month, why is five so important? Five is the number of grace. It's it's the number of grace. So God says, okay, let me help you out. Because I tell you the truth. If you do not humble yourselves, God will humble you. And it's only by his grace that he's deciding to humble the Israelites. He says, okay, you don't want to listen. I'm going to hand you over. I'm going to hand you captive. You're going to be captive. In the fifth month, you're going to be captive. 
Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying. So now Jeremiah is saying the Lord comes to him and talks to him. Because how many of you know, though the Lord, though you may go in through something, though you may be captive, the answer is found in Yeshua. Oh, come on. Somebody needs to talk to me today. God is not whatever situation you're in, even the persecution, the judgment of a nation. God still has an answer. God has a way to prevent this. God has a way to change things. As we saw from Isaiah, Isaiah says, come reason with me. Here we see in Jeremiah that God is saying, let me come and talk to one of my prophets to talk to me to see what we can do to save Israel. So I can keep my promise, though they don't keep theirs. Come on now, somebody needs to get this. But here, hold on. Oh, we are about to go deep in here. Who's ready for this? I sure am. Now look at this. It says right here. And Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. I love this verse. This is so powerful. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Again, this is Yeshua talking. This is the word of the Lord. That's Yeshua. That's Jesus. So here he is. He's saying to Jeremiah. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, oh Lord God, there he goes, Lord God. So he recognizes, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I am a child. But the Lord said, oh, I love this. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Oh my goodness, I love that. Anytime Yeshua speaks, I love it. I don't know about you, but anytime I hear... I Yeshua speak, when I hear the Lord speak, there's a shiver that goes down my spine. There's electricity that surges through my body because I know that this is the word of the Lord because this is the very same thing that the Lord spoke to me. He spoke the very same words he spoke to Jeremiah. And the same words he spoke to me is the same word he has spoken over every last one of you. Amen. Amen. Oh, yes. Because he is not a respecter of person. Because saith the Lord. Look at this. You don't even have to put Jeremiah. This is you he's talking to. Before you were even in your mother's womb. Before you were even a thought. I knew thee. I knew what I was going to do with you. I knew what I called you to do. I had a purpose. I had a plan. I had a destiny. When you were in your mother's womb, I gave that to you. So all these preachers, all these evangelists who make a big deal about being an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, 
and everything else in the fivefold ministry that was given to you when you were in your mother's womb. That was before you even knew who Yeshua was. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. So that means you can be a prophet and not even know who God is. You can be in that office. Because God called you to that office. That's why you have to be very careful. That's why Yeshua said, honor all men. Because you do not know what God has placed in anybody. You don't know what office he called them to. You might dishonor a homeless man and God says, how dare you dishonor one of my prophets? But Lord, he doesn't even know who... The Lord, but Lord, he doesn't even know who you are. You don't honor who they are. I mean, you don't honor what they've done. You honor who they are. I place that inside of them. Just because they don't know who I am doesn't mean I changed my mind about them. Come on, somebody. Yes, amen. You never know what God has placed. In someone. You never know. That's why the Lord says. Be careful how you treat these children. Because you don't know what he called them to. He might have called them to be a prophet to the nations. And a mighty apostle. He might have called them. To be one of the great shepherds of this generation. You don't know what God has placed in somebody. You have no right to dishonor what God has placed. It's sacred. It's precious. Before you were even in the womb, God gave you your destiny, your call, your office. You honor who they are, not what they've done. Come on, somebody. Even if all you know about them is that they are a child of God and they're made in the image of God, that should be more than enough to give somebody honor. Because you're not honoring them. You're honoring the creator who created them. The same reason the devil hates them should be the very same reason you love them. The reason why he hates the human race is because he can't stand to see the image of God that's clearly inside of us. He can't stand to see what God has placed inside of you. The devil knows what God has placed inside of you. He knows better than you do. He knows He knows how powerful it is. He knows how important it is. He knows better than anybody what God has placed and called, how powerful and how wonderful it really is. And here it is. You want to dishonor somebody because they're dressed a certain way or their vocabulary is different because they don't look the part. God says, that's a, that's a prophet. Uh, he don't look like a prophet. It don't matter what he look like. It matters what's inside of him. God gave that to him as soon as he was in his mother's belly. Let me move on from here because y'all ain't willing, y'all ain't hearing me today. I ordained thee, but look at this. I sanctified thee. So that means when you were born, you were sanctified. 
You were sanctified before you even knew who Yeshua was. I sanctified thee. I set you apart. That's what sanctified means. Sanctified don't mean filled with the Holy Ghost. It means set apart. Because y'all know the people in the church talk about sanctified. Flesh creature, you don't even know what sanctified means. So you shouting, I'm sanctified. You don't even know what sanctified means. It don't mean filled with the Holy Ghost. It means set apart. If I'm sanctified, I'm set apart. Sanctified, another word for sanctified is holy. So I'm sanctified. When I was born, that's why abortion is absolutely wrong. Because every child that's in that womb, God has placed a call, a destiny. And when they're born, he sanctified them. All right. He set them apart. That's why the Lord said, it is better for you to throw yourself into the ocean than to hurt one of these children. They're sanctified. They're set apart. But then what happens? Sin, the law, corrupts, and then we have to go to Yeshua. Come on, somebody. Ooh. And I ordain thee a prophet unto the nations. Jeremiah didn't go into no synagogue and ask somebody to be a preacher. The Lord called him. And that should be enough. But some of these preachers, you don't let the ones who are called onto the pulpits. You let the people who went through all the religious classes, who went to Bible college, who looked a certain part. Let me tell you something. You can wear the finest suit in the world, but to God, you look like a clown. Because he didn't call you to go up there. God could have called somebody else, but because they didn't look the part... I'm telling you, some of these pastors, you need to listen. God probably placed the answer to save your church and your congregation. You're just too dumb to realize it. Oh, step on toes. I'm being, I'm just saying, you look at the image of somebody instead of who God has actually called. Because there are people on the pulpit, I'll tell you right now. I will tell you for the Lord himself. God did not call you to be on that pulpit. Oh, all right. You ain't supposed to be up there. God called you to do something else. And there are some people you trying to start a church. Maybe God didn't call you to be a pastor to start a church. Maybe he called you to be a prophet or an apostle to start a ministry. Y'all missed that. You better talk about it. But the only way you really learn your destiny, your purpose, your call is to go to God himself. He's the only one who has it. You must go to Yeshua in order to find out your destiny. Let me let me move on. Then said I, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. 
Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Look at that. So the Lord is literally saying, I've come to deliver you. I didn't come to destroy. What did Yeshua? Come on, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. Anytime Yeshua is involved, it is to deliver, it is to sanctify, it is to save. It is never to destroy. God will always send Yeshua as as a means or a last resort to save the world, to save the people, to save a nation. So what is the salvation of the United States? It's found in Yeshua. Yes, oh yes. Praise God. And it says, say not, I am a child. I love that. Because Jeremiah is probably a teenager at this point. He's probably around the same age as David. Come on now. He's probably around the same age as all the youngsters who God has called. If you read the Bible, ain't none of these guys old guys who who accepted the call. They got called when they were about teenagers, 16, 17 years old. He's saying, I'm a child. I'm a youngster. They ain't going to listen to me. Who else does that sound like? It sounds like Moses, right? Well, guess what? Jeremiah, if he knew the severity of what it meant to have God with him, he could have he could have been a lot more than just a prophet. Y'all missed that. Because the Israelites, and this is exactly what the word of God talks about later on. The Israelites are not impressed with words of knowledge, words of wisdom. They're not impressed by that. The Gentiles are. We are because we value like knowledge, philosophy, and stuff like that. So God gives us words of knowledge and words of wisdom to shock the Gentiles. He gives signs and wonders to convince the Jews. Because no, when Yeshua was doing his ministry, he didn't always use words of knowledge and words of wisdom. He used signs and wonders to convince the Jews. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He cast out devils. He cured incurable diseases. Come on, somebody. He showed signs and wonders. That's why when he went to the Pharisees, he said, if you don't believe me by the things I say, believe me by the things I do. Because what I am doing is what the Messiah was prophesied to do. Yes, oh yes. So he's saying signs and wonders is for the Jews. But if you read this, Jeremiah does not walk in signs and wonders. Though he's saying the same thing that Moses said. Why? Because Moses is in his lineage. He should have had the same thing Moses had, Joshua had, David had, Samson had. He should have had the very same thing. He should have operated in signs and wonders. But because he didn't know the severity of who he was and what it meant to have God truly with him, he could do nothing but prophesy all the time. And look how well that turned out. Some of you prophets, you want the people to listen to you, but you don't even have God truly backing you. For if God truly backed you, you would have signs and wonders that follow you. Because signs and wonders follow the word. 
Let me move on. Jeremiah didn't even know who he was. He didn't even know the severity of what it meant to have God with him. Guess what? Sounds like a lot of Christians right now. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you as soon as you accepted Yeshua. The very same spirit that created the whole world. The very same spirit that raised Yeshua from the dead. The same, not different, the same. And yet you still walk around like you powerless. Yeshua defeated death, hell, Satan himself. And yet Satan still smacks you around like you a personal punching bag. Because you don't know who you are. You don't know what you got. You don't know what God has called you to. Because you don't have the relationship to establish. Nor do you read your word enough to know exactly who you are, what you can do, and how to do it. Y'all still in church trying to figure out how to be a good person. Shut up. We crossed that stage already. Talking about, well, I just want to be a good person. There's a lot of good people in hell. But only those who have a relationship with Yeshua are the ones who make it into those pearly gates. Those are the ones who the Lord's going to look at and say, what have you done for me? What have you done? You've been on the earth this entire time. I, I can tell you, I do not want the Lord to say to me, Simba, you accepted me when you were in eighth grade. What did you do from the time you were in eighth grade till the time I called you home? What have you done? Teach it. Did you reach your destiny? Did you reach the place where I wanted you to reach? Or did you fall short? And there's the reason why you fell short because you didn't listen to me, because you didn't fellowship with me, because you didn't believe me. You believed in me, but you didn't believe me when I would talk to you, when I would come to you in the middle of the night, when I would speak to your heart and I would reveal certain things to you. Or did you allow what other people said. Who has more to say over your destiny? God or the world? I'll let you decide. I already made my decision. Let me move on. These people. I, Lord help me. Y'all the Y'all ain't ready for y'all ain't ready for more. Are you? Y'all ready to go home? Come on, Reverend Simba. Come on. <laughs> Let me talk to y'all then. Let's go to Jeremiah twenty-nine. The Lord is having me go somewhere. Some of y'all know exactly where I'm going with this. Jeremiah 29, 11. Go there.
Okay, now look at this. Jeremiah 29, 11. I love the King James Version of this. You might read other versions, but I just love the King James Version of this one. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you an expected end. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your heart. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity, and I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places whither I have driven you, saith the Lord, and I will bring you again unto the place whence I caused you to be carried away captive. How many of you know God already fulfilled this prophecy? And God is continually fulfilling it. Because how many of you know that after the Roman Empire, the Jews were driven out of their homeland. They were driven out of Israel. They weren't allowed to go back into Israel. They weren't allowed to go back into Jerusalem. Or Jerusalem, as they would say. They weren't allowed to go back. They weren't even considered a nation anymore. But then God, after keeping his promise all over the world, from Russia all over the world. America, Russia, South America, Africa, from all over the world, you saw all these Jews go back to Israel, go back to Jerusalem. Jerusalem was made, Israel was made once again a nation, recognized by all the nations. How many of you know that's the fulfillment of the promise God made? God will always fulfill his promise. I'm giving you a little history, but I'm showing you how history and the Bible connect. Because how many of you know history is only his story? Come on, somebody. All right. History is his story. That's all it is. But it's from the human perspective. The Bible is history, his story from God's perspective. I hope somebody's getting this. Let me move on. Look at this. For I know the thoughts I think towards you. How many of you know God is constantly thinking about you? And I know this because, as you know, I'm about to be married. And I tell you the truth, I'm always thinking about my soon-to-be wife. I'm always thinking about her. Yeah, she's on here. I'm giving her a bit of a shout-out. But I'm constantly thinking about her. I'm always thinking about her. Why? Because I love her so much. I'm always thinking about what I can do to be better. Uh-huh. Someone said that? Uh-huh. Here we go. I'm constantly thinking about her. Constantly thinking, what can I do to be better? What can I do to make her happy? What can I do to do this? To make sure she ain't got to worry about this. What can I do? What? I wonder if I send her this text message, will it put a smile on her face? Will it make her happy? I wonder if I do this to surprise her with this, do this. Why? Because I, 
I love her and I'm in love. Can you imagine how much more that the father loves you then? He's constantly thinking about you. Constantly. He ain't forgotten about you. That's why a lot of times when people prophesy, they say, never, God has not forgotten you. Why? Because he's always thinking about you. It says it right here. I know the thoughts I think towards you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. There is not one bad thing that crosses God's mind about you. There is not one evil thing. He is not sitting up in heaven wondering, I wonder how I can make someone's life miserable today. I wonder how I can make their life more difficult today. That's why I say all these people, they have these perceptions of God, yet you don't even know him. For if you knew his heart and knew his nature, you would understand him. So look at what he says. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you an expected end. How many of you, as soon as you accept, or how many of you know that as soon as you accepted Yeshua, you have an expected end? You should know how your life is going to end. Soon as I leave this body, I know exactly where I'm going. I have an expected end. But it ain't just talking about your death. It's talking about because I have Yeshua in my life, I have victory over the world, over the enemy. Why? Because he's already overcome it all. All I got to do is stick with him. He said, as I have overcome, so shall you. Why? Because he will be with you. He will be in you. He will abide in you if you listen to his word. Teach. And because of that, I can overcome just like he overcame. I can defeat the devil just like he defeated the devil. Y'all ain't talking to me. I can defeat death, hell, and the grave just like he defeated death, hell, and the grave. I can make my life an example that glorifies the Father just like Him. I can be faithful unto death the same way Yeshua was faithful unto His death. I can go around and make sure that the Father's name is known the same way Yeshua did. Why? Because He made me to be just like Him. He made me to be just like him. And just like I love what Yeshua said. Yeshua kept telling his disciples. Hereafter. 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 Means after I finish all of this. Hereafter. You shall see the son of man. Seated at the right hand of the father. You shall see the son of man. Seated next to the father. You shall see. You have any idea how many times he mentioned that? This was before his death. That's all he would talk about. Hereafter, hereafter, you will see this. Hereafter, you will rule on thrones. You will sit on thrones and judge the 12 tribes of Israel. 
after I finish all of this, this is what you can expect. Why? Because you have an expected end. Come on, somebody. You have an expected end. I want to be able to say with boldness, hereafter, after I finish all of this, you will see... You will see me receive the same reward Yeshua received. I will. I want that same seat. I want to be able to tell everyone here. Hereafter, you will see Simba seated at the right hand. Because that's the goal he's given to me. That's the goal he set in my heart. It ain't enough for me just to make it to heaven. I can't stand that song. I just want to make it to heaven. I don't want to just make it. All right. That's the problem. Everybody in church is just saying, I'm just trying to make it. You flesh creature. God did not give his son so that you can just make it. He made it so that you can make the way to the same very place that he is. I'm about to break something down. I'm about to close this book. Because what the Lord has me to say, it's in the Bible. Yes, it is. But I need to I need to move it because I, I'm about to go off for a second. Preach it. Preach it. Go off. Everyone knows what Yeshua says. For I go to prepare a place for you. Everyone remembers that scripture, right? Where he says, I go to prepare a place for you. And my father's house are many mansions, yes? Okay then. When he says, I'm going to go prepare a place for you. He's not saying, I'm preparing a place for you in heaven. He says, I'm going to go prepare a place for you. He's saying that I'm preparing a place for you to sit next to me and my father. I'm making a way for you to reach. That's the ultimate goal. But if you don't reach that in my father's house are many mansions. Yes. Oh, yes. So that means if you don't reach the seat, the right hand seat of intimacy with God, you can still get a mansion. But why only settle for the mansion? That's why Yeshua said it's no big deal. In my father's house are many mansions. So why does he have to go prepare something? Y'all miss it. Why does he have to go prepare something unless it's the it's the main goal or the hardest thing to reach? Hallelujah. Oh yes. Because he said, hereafter you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of the Father. James and John's mother asked, can you let my sons sit next to you in your kingdom? Yeshua looked at her and said, you don't even know what you're asking me for. He said, it is not my decision who sits on my right or in my left. It is the Father's decision. Only the Father can choose that. Only the Father can decide who sits next to me. But it's only the Father who chooses who sits next to him. Glory to God. Yes. Oh, yes. That's why Yeshua said, I want that seat right next to you. That's why he kept saying, hereafter, hereafter, you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of the Father. Because that was his goal. That was his motivation. 
I want to sit next to the Father. And when the Lord raised him from the dead, he had that seat, but then as soon as he sat down, he stood right up. And the Lord said, all power of heaven and earth has been given unto me. Why? Because the Father has given to me. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Because my ultimate goal was to, I wanted God. I didn't want a place in heaven. I wanted him. He gave me a place because of him. Y'all miss that. Holy Spirit, give them revelation. I'm about to go deep. Holy Spirit, give them revelation. Come on now. Y'all need to stay with me. He valued that seat more than anything. The right hand seat of intimacy more than anything. That's why he said, it is not my decision whether you sit to my right or to my left. It is only up to the father. And the father will only let those who truly loved Yeshua and himself, who listened to his word, who, who, who truly just abided in his love to sit at that place. That's why he kept talking about these are the ones who will be the greatest. These are the ones who will be the least and about you saving a thousand souls and healing a thousand people and about if you raised uh, a whole graveyard from the dead. God don't care about that. God cares about do you love me? Did you abide in my love? Did you treat others the way I said to treat them? Come on, somebody. Did you honor all men? Did you honor me? Did you come on now? I'm talking to somebody. Did you value the relationship? Because I tell you the truth. If you don't value the relationship, there ain't no way you're going to get that seat. Teach it. Yes, Rev. But if you value the relationship, you will have, there will be no limitations for you in heaven. You will be in the highest realms, the greatest realms of heaven. That should be the goal, not just, I just want to make it in. In his father's house are many mansions. He's like, there's mansions even for the least. So even if you make it to heaven, you can receive glory, you can receive honor, you can receive all those things. But there's nothing like having that intimacy with the Lord to where the Lord says, come on up here and sit next to me. I don't know about you, but I want to be one of the ones that the Lord says, come sit next to me. You've earned the seat with me. That's why the scripture says, many are called Few are chosen. How many of you know that it ain't like there's a millions or billions of seats right there. There's only like in the hundreds. Every generation, God chooses a few hundred that will achieve and receive that seat because they will pay the price to get it. I'm not ashamed to say it. I'm one of the ones that God says, I'm calling you so that you can achieve this. If you want it, I said, I want it. He said, go for it. I don't know about anybody else. I ain't speaking for anybody else. I'm only speaking for myself right now. If I achieve anything less, I may be joyous to be in heaven, but I know where God wanted me to reach. I don't care what I accomplish on this earth. The greatest accomplishment is when I go home. He says, come on up here and receive this reward. Sit here with me. Amen. Oh, yes. 
Become one of my best friends for all eternity. That's what I want to hear from him. You can receive your mansion. You can receive this. You can receive all of that. You got that as soon as you accepted Yeshua. But to have God himself, to have that intimacy, to have that relationship, to receive the highest call of your purpose and your destiny. That's what God really wants. Amen. In fact, I'm going to share this with the preachers. You really want to know why Yeshua could do more in three years. Then what you could do in 30 or 300 years is because his mind was right. He wanted the relationship. He didn't want to start a religion. He didn't want to operate in signs and wonders. He was pursuing the father and his ultimate call and his destiny. He wanted to be with the father. He wanted to receive the father. And that's why signs and wonders followed him everywhere he went. Amen. Amen. He valued the relationship. He already knew how to operate in power. He knew God's power. What he wanted was God's heart. What he wanted was to be where the Father was. That's why in John 17, he says, Father, receive unto... He said, restore unto me the glory that I once had with you before the foundation of the earth. Put me back in the place where I was before. But then he goes, take me even further. Because that's what I want. I want that seat. I want to be where you are. How many Christians talk like that? Scratch that. How many preachers preach their congregation to aim for that? I'm going to say this and, I, and I'm done. When Paul has his vision of heaven, he says, I contend for the prize that's hidden in Christ. He said, it's hidden. Is He says, it's hidden. I contend for the prize that is hidden in Christ. He says, all of this that I know, all the things that I know of the word, all the things that I know, I count it as them for the excellency of knowing him. What was it that Paul saw that shook him to such a degree that he says, I'm willing to go through whatever I have to because why? Paul saw the seat and he knew the seat was attainable. That's why he said, I'm in jail. I've been beaten. I've been stoned. I have been rejected, persecuted. And yet all of this are slight afflictions. These are small things compared to the glory that I'm going to have after this. What was his motivation? His motivation was not to make it to heaven. His motivation was to make it to where Yeshua was seated. He saw the prize. He saw the glory. He saw it. And when he saw that his seat was right there. 
That's why before he is beheaded, before he dies, he says, I ran a good race. I did what I was supposed to do. I did everything I could, not so that I could heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils, and so that my name is known, but so that his name is known to the Gentiles, to the Jews, and to the whole world. That was my goal. Now I can go home because I finished what I was supposed to do. I'm done. And just like Paul, I'm going to drop the mic with this one. I'm like, God, do not call me home until I finish everything. You can ask for that, you know. Or if God takes me up to heaven like he did Elijah, Enoch, and the rest of them. How many of you know that's attainable too? If God did it in the Bible, it's attainable. It's reachable. Instead, you got these jagged preachers only talking about being a good person. You jagged Go sit down somewhere. Because you don't even know what you're supposed to be preaching. Go sit down. Take that to your religious school. You don't need a degree to teach this stuff. What you need is Jehovah to teach this stuff. And to teach the proper message. You got all these pastors and preachers out here with a PhD in theology and stuff like that. And yet your church ain't moving in signs and wonders. Because you're basing it off of human knowledge. It takes spiritual knowledge to operate in the spiritual. It takes the heart to operate in the realms of which I'm talking about. But you ain't even got the right heart because you think your brain is enough. All right. I'm sorry, the apostle rose out. (laughs) That's all right. All it out. I know you all are hearing me. I'm I I'm done. But I'm saying the I I'm saying this to everyone. Every preacher, I ain't just picking on the preacher. I'm even talking about Christians. Everybody that's here, you must learn the true gospel message. You must learn truly what Yeshua did, what Yeshua taught, what he did. You must do the same. But you must do it the same way he did it. How did he achieve those things? Because he had intimacy with the Lord. He said, I don't do nothing until the Father tells me to do it. I ain't just doing it because you're telling me to do it. I ain't doing it because you're asking me to do it. If my Father says do it, I'll do it. And then eventually, his will and the Father's will became one. So as soon as he felt compassion, he was like, I'm, I'm going to heal you just because... I, I, I feel for you. Simply because you believe I'm going to do this. Come on, somebody. That's what you got to do. Stop settling for the bare minimum. Achieve the unachievable. Because it's not by works you achieve those places with God. It's only by intimacy and love with him. All right. Well, I'm done. So I'm just going to pray and then I'm going to close us out. Did you all learn something? Did you all receive something? My God. (laughs) So wonderful.
Well, next week we're going to continue Jeremiah. There's a part two. There's a prayer request. Let me see. Who has a prayer request? Because I like prayer requests. Hmm. Okay. A loss in the family. Okay. I see that. Anyone else? You can direct message or you can put it in the group. I'm just going to pray real quick. Continued healing. Yes, amen. We praise God for the healing that, you know, that is already being done. Focus. I see that. Households. I love it. Okay. Well, yep, keep them coming as I pray. I'm about to pray. So here we go. Ooh. Financial miracle. Wow. Let's go. Prayers, parents, grandsons. I love it. Let's pray. Keep them coming. I'm going to pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, right now I come before you and I give you the highest praise, which is hallelujah. And right now, Lord, I just thank you right now for everyone who is here right now. I thank you so much for their hearts. I thank you for their desire to hear your word, to learn your word. I thank you so much, Lord. Now, Lord, I pray right now. I step into my office as king right now. And I just decree and declare right now that the kingdom of God be loosed right now in the people's lives right now. I pray right now, Lord, that your power, that the resurrection power and glory will touch all the people right now. That it will touch all their needs. Everything that is out of order, that comes back in order right now in the name of Yeshua. Right now, I pray right now for right now, Lord, as you continue to show me, I pray right now. For um, family, uh, the Baden family, who just experienced a loss. It is never easy to lose a child. It is never easy to lose someone so young. But Lord, I just pray, Lord, that you will just give them comfort. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will give them um, just peace that surpasses all understanding. I pray, Lord, that you will touch their hearts and their minds, that, Lord, that they do not blame you, that they, they, that they do not become resentful or angry with you. We all know that death is all because of the enemy. We know that the enemy is the orchestrator of death. We know that the only reason why we die is because of the enemy, and it's not because of you. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but you came to bring life and life everlasting. And I pray, Lord, that you would just bring new life into this family. I pray, Lord, that you would just just give them joy, give them peace. And I pray, Lord, right now for healing right now, healing in the body, healing in the mind. I pray right now, people praying for uh, healing in their body. I pray for healing, for focus. I pray right now, Lord, that you would just touch them right now. I pray right now that the fire of God falls and consumes the people right now. I pray right now in the name of Yeshua, that the fire of God consumes their hearts and minds right now. Be released right now. Thank you, Lord. I pray right now that the wind of the Holy Spirit will infill them right now. That will fill their spirits right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I feel the whirlwind coming. 
I pray right now for a refresher right now. I pray right now. I pray right now for people's households right now. We bind and rebuke the spirit of death. We bind and rebuke the spirits of hell. And we loose the kingdom of God. We loose the angelic host right now. I send angels from Michael's quarters into the family's households right now. I send apostolic angels from Gabriel's quarters into the family's household right now. I pray right now that you will just shift the atmosphere right now. Release the kingdom of heaven right now. Open the gates of heaven over the people's households right now. Over the people's um, finances right now. Thank you, Lord. I see that. Someone had a prayer request for dad's finances. I pray for everyone's finances to come in line with the kingdom of God. I pray that we all take out the middleman. Take out the take out the middleman, which is the God of this world. Take out the enemy. Right now, we remove him now. We bind and rebuke him and we cast him out. We send him back to the depths of hell. The spirit of lack, the spirit of want. It's out right now in the name of Yeshua. Glory to God. And I'm just praying right now for people, for their for their parents, for their families. Lord, I pray right now for grandsons. Lord, I just pray for a fresh anointing right now. Touch them right now. Place a hedge of protection over them right now. I pray for whatever it is that they need, Lord, that you will provide it. So, Lord, just continue to have your way. All those who are listening, receive this right now. Receive the word of the Lord. Receive peace. Receive joy. Receive self-control. Receive an increase of faith right now. It is being given right now. The Holy Spirit is giving it out right now. Receive it right now. Receive it right now. It's being released to you right now. The resurrection glory I release to you right now. Thank you, Lord. The glory of the Lord is touching people right now. Thank you, Lord. Continue to move. Thank you, Lord, for all you've done, all you're doing, all you're going to continue to do. But most importantly, Lord, thank you for being who you are. For there is no one else like you. Lord, we love you. We adore you. We thank you and praise you. It's in Yeshua's mighty name I do pray. While in the presence of the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. Baruch Atah Adonai Ha'el HaKadosh. For thine is the kingdom, power, and glory forever and ever. And my prayer partners in agreement said with me because they believe and receive it. Said amen. Amen and amen.